If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome to episode 25 of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. I have on today my second ever guest, and I'm so excited to introduce you guys to my friend Valerie. You might know her on Instagram as The Mindful Babe. She is a dating mindset coach, and I will tell you the second I found her profile, I just knew that what we did was so in line with each other and we have done an Instagram live together and I couldn't wait to get her on my podcast. I have learned so much from her and I know you guys will get so much value out of this podcast episode today. So Valerie coaches women on how to date with confidence, how to attract emotionally available men. Not only does she put out so much amazing stuff on her Instagram, but she also has some incredible coaching programs. She has private coaching. She has a program called Casual to Committed. So definitely give her a follow on Instagram so you can stay up to date with all of the amazing offerings that she's been putting out. And I was so excited to bring her on today because, you know, I talk about letting go of your ex, how to get through a breakup, but I don't talk a lot about how do you move forward out of a breakup, and I get so many questions about that. So today on the podcast, I ask Valerie all of those questions. When is it ready? When are you ready to start dating? How do you rebuild your trust muscle after getting so hurt? How do you go into dating with confidence? Just all of those things that will really help equip you in moving forward past a breakup. So I know you guys are going to absolutely love this episode. So I am going to pass it over to my interview with Valerie. So welcome to the show, Valerie. Thank you so much for having me, Kendra. I'm super excited for today's episode. I am so excited and I know the listeners will get so much from listening to you as I have got just from you know, following you on social media and hearing your content. So I know people will get a lot of value out of today, but I wanted to just start off by having you introduce yourself. And if you can share a little bit of your journey as to how you got into this and what made you become a dating mindset coach and just hear your personal experience. Yes, absolutely. So first off, what I want to say is that 
if you would have told me even like three years ago that this would be my full-time, <laughs> you know, profession to be a dating mindset coach for single women, I would not believe you, especially given my past, my experiences around dating and men and you know, what I really needed to heal through. So, um, I would say my journey, you know, really started just with growing, growing up, just, you know, having my dad in my life, having, you know, seeing him a lot and not really feeling that closeness with him, feeling like I kind of needed to really stand out to get his attention. He was super busy with work. And what I noticed a pattern I picked up at that time, you know, from a young age was feeling like I needed to be perfect, be special, really compete for attention. So that translated into dating. I found myself drawn to men who were the life of the party, you know, the class clown, the guy who seemed kind of like hard to get emotionally unavailable is what, what he, what they were, but I didn't know at the time. So I found myself in just anytime I would date someone, I would feel incredibly anxious and especially, you know, getting into relationships. I had dated a couple of narcissistic men, been in committed relationships with them, which it's really tough because it's so easy to see when someone else is in that situation. And when you're in it, it's, it's, you're not, you're not aware. So I remember walking away from, you know, one breakup being just, my confidence was totally, you know, diminished. I was really unsure of myself and I had a lot of work to do. And I actually ended up being single for three years after that breakup, which was in my later twenties. I'm 30 now. So, you know, at that age when everyone's all friends are getting married, every time you open up Facebook, someone's engaged, a pregnancy announcement, you know, invitations in the mail for weddings. I was in the same spot where I really wasn't meeting anyone and I wasn't, you know, I would date guys, but it would never be anything serious. They would put really minimal effort in. And what I realized was that I had so much hurt, so much trauma that I hadn't healed and so many beliefs keeping me stuck. And so I ended up, you know, in the years where I thought, you know, why is everyone else having this but me? It was really because of lessons I needed to learn that I hadn't yet. So we went on a deep personal development journey and really addressed, you know, everything from childhood, you know, growing up, dating, all the things that we aren't aware are like running the show. And I was able to do some major work and really learn how to attract my dream partner. And I just, you know, I've always had that interest. I'm really big on women never settling for less than what they deserve. And I believe it's actually better to be single than to be with someone who mistreats you and doesn't value you. However, I took that to the extreme and I was like super single and I had these walls up. So when I overcame that, I wanted to teach women how to do the same. It's such an, an area of pain when you don't have that one thing, right? And when we, let's say we want to make more money or we want to manifest a car or something like that, we're like, okay, what do I need to do? What steps do I need to take? And we can make it happen. And you know, what we find is that it's not the same when it comes to calling in your soulmate. And so I was that woman who was super impatient. I wanted it now. I wanted to predict and control how it would happen. And, you know, I just see so many women struggle with this. And so it's been such a joy to support women in this journey. Um, started my business over two years ago and, I stepped into specifically dating coaching, dating mindset coaching over a year ago. So it's been just such a pleasure leading women to support them and attracting their soulmate, really opening up their confidence and having an amazing mindset while doing so. 
I love that. And it's so interesting. I don't think I've heard like your full story before. And we have so many similarities. I had pretty much to a T the exact same relationship with my dad where Mm -hmm. super busy with work, felt like I needed to be this like perfect standout kind of women, fell for the exact same kind of men. I used to call it like my like conquest kind of like I felt like men were like these conquests where I needed to change someone who was emotionally unavailable and Mm -hmm. felt like I had to work really hard for any kind of attention that I would Mm -hmm. get. So, and I think what I have found is people in our space, 99% of the time it comes from this like really deep personal journey that we've been able to overcome ourselves and see this gap that's out there for our advice. So Love love that story. And I have a couple more follow-up questions from what you just shared. But I wanted to just start off with the number one question that I get from my community, which is, how do you know if you are ready to date? And I think what you touched on with you staying single for three years as like a follow-up, how do you think you can tell if you are staying single to grow and to work on yourself? And then how do you know if you're single because you have these walls up and you have these beliefs and you need to work on actually getting out of that out of that phase yeah totally that's such a great question and that's the i love that distinction you made because there is that difference of taking a step back and being like okay i get to work on myself there i never want to attract a partner you know a toxic partner again so what was it in me that was a match for that what was it in me that was available for that and allowed that to continue right i want to heal those things so that's one and then the second is you know, how do we know if you're stalling, right? Because here at the end of the day, it is uncomfortable to date. I'm not here to convince anyone otherwise. Like it is, you're putting yourself out there. It's almost like going on a million interviews, right? Where it's like, someone's looking to make a decision. Are you going to move to the next step? And I think where so many women you know, miss the, the point of it is that you're just as much interviewing the guy, it's up to you who you're going to choose. So that's my mindset around, you know, just understanding that dating will feel awkward and there are things that are unpleasant about it. And it's about really knowing what you want and what's on the other side of it. Dating is the process, it's the steps that you get to take to meet your soulmate, to attract your soulmate so that you can get to that, you know, the point where Friday night you're in yoga pants, watching a movie with them. Like that's what we all want. Right. And dating is the step. And you know, I love your question about how do you know when you're ready? Because there's always going to be a million reasons why you convince yourself you're not ready. You could want to lose more weight. Like, you know, maybe you, you know, have a really big project at work. Maybe you're in grad school. Maybe, you know, you're living at home with your parents temporarily because of the pandemic and you don't want to date. Like there's always going to be something. And so the way I look at it is that being ready, it's a complete illusion because there is no time, right? I think that someone can, you know, meet their soulmate a week after breaking up with, you know, who they thought was their soulmate. I believe it can happen two years later, three years later. There's not really a timeline. It's about getting really clear on what you want and giving yourself that permission slip to be both that beautiful work in progress and take action toward what you ultimately want, which is your soulmate, which you're so worthy of having. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I think one thing I wanted to, something that you touched on was 
dating is this learning experience, which is not always comfortable. You know, mm-hmm. first dates, I'd say rarely go like exactly as planned or, you know, so how do you like help women see that dating is a learning experience? I know like in my Facebook group, I see a lot of women that say, I went on this one day and it didn't go well. So they take that as this like definitive sign that they shouldn't be dating and they're not ready. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, a bad day is, you know, we all, we've all had them. So how do you help them see like the first date is not the end all be all or one date is not the end all be all. Totally. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. There's a couple things that come up for me when you ask that. So first is that we have this idea that when it's your person, you should feel sparks and it's like this instant chemistry. And I don't, I don't believe that that's not what I felt when I first met my boyfriend, Ryan, we've been together for over a year and I didn't feel that when I met him, the chemistry really grew when I, you know, realized I could trust him when, you know, I allowed him to show up for me and court me and pursue me. That's when it started to open up for me. So a first date, it is, you know, it's kind of awkward. It's two strangers and, this is this can also help too. So rather than thinking of a first date, thinking of it as a first meeting, like, oh, I'm just meeting this person to see if there could be potential to see if it's someone I want to date. Take the pressure off that it's like so much is riding on this date. And the second thing is if you have a bad date, that's awesome, right? Because if there's something that is bad, like maybe the guy is an a-hole or you find out like for me, like a non-negotiable would be, you know, if I were single, it's like if someone were racist or, you know, judgmental and I could tell right away that's someone I wouldn't want to go out with. And that would be a bummer. I'd be like, darn, I got ready. And, you know, he seemed so great. I loved our messaging, but you know, when I met him in person, he was this and that. And I believe we get to get in the energy of celebrating that you could see someone's true colors right away and ask yourself what the lesson is right? And we can use it as confirmation that you're actually on your right track, that you're on your path, that you're getting even closer. So celebrate that you're protected by the universe, God, angel source, like, oh my gosh, thank you for showing me this. Thank you for showing me that this person isn't for me. I had a client last week, she went on a date and the guy made a really rude comment. He told her she's beautiful. And then later on, he was like, yeah, I usually date tens and kind of implied that she, you know, wasn't or, you know, whatever. And she really, she like ended the date right there. She was like, I don't think we're looking for the same thing. I don't think we're compatible. And her mindset was really great around it. Like she, you know, of course was bummed. She's like, darn, you know, I took time out of my life to go meet up with this person, but she was also really happy to know that, right up front because, you know, as you and I know, Kendra, with when you, you know, date someone who is narcissistic or toxic, they're very good at concealing. They're very good at, you know, you don't know until you're in the relationship, which they'll want to move fast. They want to put a title on fast. So when, when you do have that bad first date, I think we can, we can celebrate it and use it as confirmation that you're getting even closer. I love that. And I wish everyone could see my face when you said that he said that. I cannot believe that. But what came up for me when you were talking about that was I think when we see those things and then we like end the date or we say like, hey, this isn't working, it's such a great self-esteem booster. And I think someone coming out of a breakup and you know maybe in the beginning of dating, it's like we really want to work on confidence. And one of the best ways we can do that is to show up for ourselves. And I know for me, as someone who had a history of 
very much ignoring red flags and never quite sticking to my non-negotiables when I was first able to do that. It felt so good instead of just saying like, oh, I can't believe this, this got brought into my life. It was like, oh, this was brought into my life to show me that I can stand up for myself. I can set these, you know, these firm boundaries. And it eventually was something that really added to my self-esteem and my mm. self-worth. Wow. I think that's where self-esteem really grows is knowing what your standards are, non-negotiables and not being afraid to walk away because what good is like temporary company if it's not in alignment with your values? So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've definitely had the the bad first dates where I just think it's a complete waste of time, but I think so much of that comes from, you know, mindset and, you know, being able to see it as a, a growth experience. Um, I know another thing that you talk about, I've heard you talk about in your, like telling your story is how you always blamed relationships on like the city you were living in mm -hmm. or like these outside factors. And I think one thing that you and I both have in common and what we talk about is it really always comes down to us. Like breakup recovery doesn't come from focusing on your ex. It comes from focusing on yourself. So mm -hmm. how do you really, you know, when you're working with women, how do you help them see that it's, it's not the city you live in? It's not the job you have. It's just, it's, it's internal. It's, you know, what's going on inside. Oh yeah. I'm so glad you brought this up. And I love what you said about how breakup recovery isn't about your ex. It's about you. Like couldn't agree more. And, you know, it's very easy. A lot of the time, you know, it's easy to kind of like blame not being in the relationship of, of our dreams on circumstances. It's easier to put the blame elsewhere, right? It's easier to say like, oh, well, my city sucks, the pandemic, you know, oh, like my work schedule. And the thing is, when I hear that, when I hear women say that, I know that it, it's masking deep-rooted beliefs that love isn't possible for her. And so that comes from self-worth most of the time. And the cover-up, the mask is, oh, it's my city. It's the pandemic. It's kind of easier to sweep it under the rug. Um, but it's not that. And I, th I thought the same thing for years when I was single. I blamed it on my city. And even so much because I was in San Diego at the time. So I made up. I'm like, oh, the guys are all you know, Peter Pan's, they don't want to grow up. Like guys in San Diego don't want to commit. It was easier for me to generalize because it was a way for me to protect myself from getting hurt. It's like, oh, well, I already knew all the good guys were gone. So I believe that so much that I manifested at the time, the company I worked for relocated me to Nashville. So I got to move to Nashville. I got to you know, be in a new city where there was like, quote unquote, so many singles. So I was like, okay, I, now it's all fixed. I'm going to meet my person. I was just in the wrong place. And my problems not only followed me, but it was almost like worse out there because I was going on more dates and it was still the same thing, not getting asked on second dates, you know, the dates not going well, not finding a connection, not finding a guy who wanted to commit. So that was a beautiful opportunity for me to get to experience like, like, oh, okay, it's actually not something outside of me. Like this is something within me. And that's when I got to take responsibility. It's when I found a love coach. It's when I went on my journey and my whole life changed because of not getting what I wanted. So it was a gift. I love that. And it reminds me of that quote, wherever I go, there I am kind of a mm. thing. It's like we yeah. can pull geographics and we can, you know, move, change jobs. But if we don't change 
our beliefs and our mindset, then, you know, that stuff's just going to continue to follow us. And speaking of this mindset shift, so something that I hear a lot from, you know, women in my community is they say these statements like, I'm never going to find someone. I'm going to be single forever. I'll never find someone as good as my ex, which always bums me out because from the outside, I can... I can clearly see like this woman is beautiful. She's amazing. Like, of course she's going to find someone. But if we have those beliefs, it's like we're going to manifest that and have that come true. So what do you suggest for women that do have that mindset of this like very finite, never going to find someone, never going to happen? I love that. Um, I love that you brought this up because those statements are really harmful saying always and never, it's really harmful because that like, that's what your subconscious mind is hearing and that's what you create. So it's like, as you speak, you create the words you say, create your reality, your inner dialogue creates your outer reality. What's going on inside creates what's outside. So, you know, likely there's something deeper there when women say that it's, you know, from pain, from hurt, and sometimes genuinely where the woman is in her experience, she's not ready to step into that responsibility of, you know, looking at her stuff and deciding, you know, okay, in the past, I've attracted these type of guys or in the past, I've never been in a committed relationship and I'm ready to have it be a reality. I have, you know, I work with women from all different types of dating experiences. And right now I have a few clients who have never been in a serious relationship and they're in there, you know, they're in my containers, they're taking my courses or my groups, they're doing the inner work. They're like, cool, I haven't had this before and I know it's possible. So I'm going to do the work. So evidence from the past, like the past does not matter. And so it's really just about what, what you want to create. That's what I know that you, like, this is like, sometimes you hear it from women. It may not be a direct client. It's like, you know, what do you want to create? That's the question I would ask. Like, well, what do you want to happen? Do you want that to be your reality? Do you want to be single forever? Like, what do you want? Yeah. And I, um, speaking on like, it seems like a lot of this comes down to like trusting yourself. Trust, And I, I've heard you say before, like trusting that the universe wants you to be in a relationship. Like mm-hmm. the world wants you to be in a relationship. No one wants you to be single forever, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like that is helping you out. But a lot of it is letting go of the past. And something that I hear a lot is women are are terrified that they're going to have to experience the same hurt that they're going through again. And I know for me, a lot of this is like how you build your trust muscle is you mm-hmm. do have to face this fear and you have to try it. Like you're typically not going to, you know, build that trust muscle just, you know, sitting by yourself. So how do you help women, you know, build their trust muscle and work to not, you know, repeat patterns or make those same kind of mistakes again? Mm-hmm. That's a really great question. Um, I mean, I would say like confidence comes from taking action. And here's the thing. Love is a risk, right? Like you and I are both in relationships that are solid and nothing is guaranteed. Like it could one day end, which, you know, it's scary to think about, like people grow apart, people divorce, people separate. That would be the ultimate heartbreak. But I don't think about that. That's not what I want. So that's not where I put my energy into. So I would say like, understand that 
you know, I guess, quote unquote, the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. And there's no, there's no guarantees ever really in anything. And it's all about, it all comes down to what it is that you truly want. And so to build that trust muscle, I think just really learning to rely on yourself and being really committed to growth. You know, the reason why my relationship with Brian works so well is because we're having honest conversations with each other all the time. We, we don't do passive aggressive. We don't do silent treatment. So it's very like, Hey, is something up? Like your demeanor has kind of changed or like, Hey, I didn't like how you said this. And you know, that's, I never had had that in a relationship. It was always like being punished and, you know, stuff like that. So taking action is really huge with building your trust muscle and knowing that you can't control another person. So it's about taking that responsibility and being committed to growth, finding a partner who is committed to growth as well. So you both can have a thriving relationship because suffering isn't required. It's not required. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I think you know, what you were saying and you mentioned at the beginning, like that whole, we attract what we promote. So it's like, what kind of promotion are you putting out there? And Mm -hmm. I went through, I shared, like I got dumped three times in two years because the guy couldn't make a commitment, whether he didn't want to get married or never wanted to have kids. And I was, you know, I kept thinking like, man, I just have, you know, I'm sure you've heard, like I have the bad picker what, like I thought that I had this picker assigned to me at birth that I have like no control over, you know, and what I, once I did the work, I got to see, oh, I don't, I truly don't have the confidence. I don't believe I'm marriage material because of some stuff that I just hadn't dealt with and a lot of shame piled on top of that. So it's like, I'm going to attract people that don't want to fully commit because I don't think I'm commitment material. Did you change that? Like, how did you, like, what was the turning point for you? I think the turning point for me was I did have to spend time single. I was like the constantly in relationships kind of a person, whether the relationship lasted, you know, and I was very quick to attach, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I would go on one date with someone and tell them like, Oh, I met someone, you know, it was like this very much like needing this other person to show me that I was okay. So I had to be by myself to show myself that I was okay on my own. And, you know, what you were mentioning with your relationship, I don't, I don't have that fear of losing the relationship one, because like I, you know, our relationship is really solid, but I think one of the benefits of doing the work with you or doing the work with me is like, I know I have the tools. I know I have the self-esteem and the self-worth that Mm -hmm. even if something happened, I know I would be okay on my own. And I know that I would have the tools to try again. And not to say that it wouldn't be heartbreaking. Of course it would be. But, you know, I think that's one of the biggest benefits of being able to do this work because in the past I was so afraid to be myself in relationships because I was so afraid of losing it. So I would just be this chameleon where I would just fit into the guy's life. And I wasn't happy, of course. And I was always in fear because I wasn't, you know, I was playing this part that I felt like an imposter because I kind of was. Mm, wow, that's so huge. And I love like, it's just so true. It's like your energy doesn't go towards something not working out or it ending or heartbreak. And so that's not your reality. It's not what you want to create. And I think that's such a powerful message to anyone listening. It's like, yes, you know, 
it's the same thing. Like you, the, the fear of losing something, we all have that fear. You can have that fear with your job, right? Fear of being fired. You can have that fear with like, you know, like your home, like fear of losing, like there's always that fear. And it's about putting your energy toward what you actually want and what you want to create, which is so powerful with your relationship as well. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in a 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, and that actually moves me to my next question is, I know for me, when I was dating unsuccessfully, I truly didn't even know what I wanted. And so how do you recommend people that maybe think like, I actually maybe don't even know what I want. And I know one thing that you touch on is not just like, what do I want in a partner? But like, what do I want out of a relationship? How do I want to feel? What do Mm -hmm. I want this partnership to look like? So how do you help women kind of navigate that process? Yes. Well, you hit the nail on the head. It's really about what you want. I see so many women make lists and you know, lists are fine. It's really what I believe it comes down to is compatibility because his color hair, um, you know, what he does for, I mean, what he does for work kind of matters for a lifestyle perspective, but 
It's really about what's going to be compatible for you. So it's all, I, I believe it starts with you and really getting clear on what makes you happy in your life. So I believe, you know, creating a life you're wildly obsessed with comes first. And it's like, how is a person going to add to that? not be your world. How is a person going to add to your world? So things that are really, really important that, you know, we so often don't look, don't really look at in the beginning is like, okay, so I mean, first off, like what, what's their view on commitment? Like, do they believe in marriage? Is that something they want? Like, if that's something you want, you want to be with someone, you know, the second you hear someone say, I don't believe in marriage, right? Like maybe that could change, but you're worthy of having someone who wants the same things as you and is willing to give you exactly what you've always dreamt of, right? So if someone's like, I don't believe in marriage and you know you really want that, it's kind of what Kendra touched on earlier, that conquest of like, oh, I can change their mind. It's like, no, you get to have exactly what you want now. So really looking at things like that, does you marriage, kids, you know, do they value traveling? If you're someone who you're like, have this desire to travel the world and you attract someone who's like, you know, I just bought a house and I don't want to travel, you know, like, will that be a match? Right. If you're an entrepreneur and you work for yourself and you work at home, like, is that a fit for you to be with someone who, you know, is in an office all day? Like there's lifestyle compatibility pieces and it really comes down to you, how you want to feel, what you want your life to look like and how this person is going to add to your world. So I would definitely focus on things like that. Yeah. And I actually haven't experienced this much in my community, but just with girlfriends that we, we have this fear that if we have those conversations about how do they feel about marriage, what are their thoughts on kids, we feel like if we have that conversation, we'll, we'll be too much, quote unquote, too mm-hmm. much and push that other person away. How do you, like, what do you recommend in terms of like, how soon is it appropriate to have that kind of conversation? Like, what should that look like? Yeah. Yeah. So I totally get it. Like not wanting to scare a guy off, especially when you're in that beginning stages. Um, what I'll say is that before Ryan asked me to be his girlfriend, he asked me what my vision for a relationship is. He asked me what, what's most important to me in a relationship. Like, what do I like to receive? What do I like to give in a relationship? And we had that conversation of being in alignment with the relationship. And, you know, there's, there's ways to ask without directly asking. I think, you know, you're worthy of asking, you're worthy of knowing. And also there are, there's a time where those conversations get to come up. So the way I look at it is you can ask someone like, you know, where do you see yourself a few years from now? And you can kind of like ask questions like, oh, okay. So you had this home for a while, you know, do you plan on ever selling it? Right. If they own a home or just really asking what someone's plans are and not being afraid to share what it is that you desire. So many women are afraid of that. They're afraid of losing something. And it's like, it's about you and getting what you desire. So I don't believe any woman should be afraid of like, yeah, you know, I'm not in a rush. And like, I just, I really envision myself, you know, settling down, having a family, being married. That's something that I've always known is what I've wanted. And I'm not attached to when or with who or how. I just know it's something I want and not being afraid to have that conversation. Yeah. I think I love that where it's like, you don't have to necessarily say like, do you want to marry me? It's like, yeah, you know, that's not what you're asking. And I think for me, after going through so many of those relationships where they ended because they didn't want marriage by the end, like when I was dating again, I would ask on like the second date because I'm like, I just can't go through that 
you know, again. And I think as a follow-up question, I wanted to ask, what are your views on the whole, like, define the relationship thing? So I find so many people where they're going through a breakup, but it might not have even been a breakup because they Mm -hmm. don't even know if it was a relationship. And that whole thing of like, how do you make sure you don't find yourself in like a situationship or... Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is like what I love almost like it's one of my favorite things to support women with. And that's when I created, um, a program called, um, casual to committed Academy. So it's for women who attract men who are only wanting to keep it casual or they're attracting men who are like, I'm not looking for anything serious. Like let's keep things the way they are and really how to attract and only hold only be available for men who are looking for a commitment and how to learn that early on. Um, I think, there are signs in the beginning. And I think, um, you know, what's really important is his actions are always going to let you know more than words. Women, we tend to fall for words and actions really show. So, you know, you know how they say like hindsight's twenty twenty. I think like after those end, which I've been in plenty of situationships, I've endured many of them. <laughs> and there were so many signs that I wasn't looking at but I just wanted their company. I wanted to be around them. I wanted to change their mind. And so I think it comes from the decision too, of like, I'm only going to be with someone who wants a commitment and, you know, a man who wants a commitment with you, he will, he will treat you like the prize. He will know, Oh my gosh, she's in demand. She's dating other men. What do I have to do to stand out? What do I need to do? How can I treat her? So it's really starts with being pursued, really letting yourself kind of lean back letting someone really show up for you. And I believe it always comes down to the actions and to also like, to your point on that, your healing journey, whatever feelings you were feeling are really real, whether it was a defined relationship or not. So you get to honor yourself. I think women bypass that. They're like, well, it wasn't anything serious, but it's like, no, you spent so much energy in the fantasy stage, you know, of, thinking what it could be. And it's, it's really devastating when you believe something is going somewhere and someone basically tells you, I don't see that with you. I'm not looking for anything serious. I'm dating other people. Like it's really devastating because we put so much energy into that fantasy, so much thought into it. So we get to honor no matter what, if there was a label or not. That's so true. And I personally, I've had rougher breakups after a two month thing versus a year thing. It's like, it mm-hmm. doesn't, it's just, it, you know, we all have these personalized experiences, but there's so much healing to be done. If we can allow ourselves to just say like, I don't care what it looked like. That's like, when I'm talking about people with breakups, I'm like, whether your relationship was six weeks, six months, six years, or like 20 years, it's like, we all need to go through kind of that, that healing process. Um, yes. And then the last question um, that I wanted to ask is so much of this journey is maintaining this level of consciousness with yourself when I think when we get into dating, like I know, you know, speaking from my own personal experience, I was so gung ho about having these ideals and these non negotiables, but then the little like, you know, the little butterflies and the chemicals from like, you know, a super attractive person or someone who's super charming, I would lose all of that. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you recommend people to stay in touch with themselves? So it's not just like, you know, and I think when people come out of breakups, if they were with someone who was narcissistic, they meet a nice guy 
who's genuine and they automatically are like, oh, this person's nice. I should, you know, go all in with them. So what are some, you know, things that women can do to like keep that kind of connection with themselves through that process? Mm, Yeah, I would say so totally what you said about like, the chemicals and I mean, it's, it's scientifically proven. It's like getting text messages, hearing from someone you like, it gives you hits of dopamine. So your brain is literally, it's like, you're kind of altered in that stage there. The stage of dating that is, is the uncertainty stage, which, which comes right after the attraction stage. So uncertainty is when it's like, Hey, I know I'm attracted to him. Like, is this going to go somewhere? Is it not? And that's when we start thinking about them a lot. We, Every time they text, it's like literally our heart skips a beat. Or if we don't hear from them for three days, we completely panic. Our whole like (laughs) internal state changes. And then it's like the second we get a text from them, it's like, okay, I'm okay. It's literally like being addicted to drugs. And so um, I just, I believe it always comes down to deciding that you're only going to be treated, you know, like a queen and really deciding that that's the only, uh, only thing that you're available for. And it's like the, that was also too, you know, some women think after they've been in a toxic situation, when they meet a nice guy, they're almost like, oh my God, it's boring. It's too stable because they're so used to the drama. And it's about deciding that you're worthy of stability or worthy of consistency or worthy of never having to wonder where you stand with that person. But just know that you can have that chemistry plus someone being consistent and being in a healthy relationship with someone you're attracted to, with someone who you see long-term with. It's not one extreme or the other. It's not like, oh, either the narcissist or the nice guy who you know, you're not attracted to and you don't feel that, that chemistry with. There's just such an in-between and it, it exists if you decide it does. Yeah, it's like you can, you can have it all that works for you. And I loved, and I wanted to touch back on what you said about compatibility. It's like so many people think that they look at someone on paper and maybe it's like what society has decided is like makes a good partner, but it doesn't work for you. It's like, that's why I think it's so important to, you know, figure out like what exactly works for you. What are you compatible with? Just because a guy is great and has a good job and has this stuff, it doesn't mean that like you should allow, you know, you should go into this relationship with that person. And I know I've been, you know, I've talked with friends and it's like, just because someone is great, it doesn't mean you're saying that they're a bad person by ending it. It just means like compatibility wise, it just doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And it's, a, it's about you. It's about you getting your needs met. You don't need to bend. You're not too picky. You don't need to lower your standards. It's just about knowing you're worthy of having everything that you desire. I love that. Well, I adore you uh, for so many reasons. Um, And I would love if you could let um, my community know where they can find you. What are some of the, you know, things that you have going on right now? How can people work with you? Yes. Oh, this has been so much fun. So I love hanging out on Instagram at the mindful babe. You can find me on there. Um, That's where I'm 
typically am. And usually I have something going. I'm not sure when this episode will air. And there's always ways to, you know, work with me, really deepen your experience. I have courses, I have group coaching programs, um, as well as I have private coaching open right now. However, I only have two spots and they'll probably be gone by the end of this week. So send me a message, say hello, let me know that you, you know, heard this episode and um, I would love to connect with you. I love hearing from you. And I will put all of this in the show notes. And I just also have to just say as someone who, you know, I haven't dated in four, almost uh, five years now, and I still learn so much from, from following Valerie and everything that she teaches just with mindset and confidence and self-esteem. So um, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and your insights. I know so many women are we're nodding their heads through this entire episode and have some really tangible things that they can take with them afterwards. Mm, Thank you so much for having me. This was incredible. So blessed. Thank you. And uh, for the rest of you, I will see you back here next week. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. I promise.